It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and including myself, we have three Mancunians in the studio. Uh, both my guests have Wikipedia pages, and both mention that they are avid Manchester City supporters. But only one mentions that they are an occasional contributor to the Man City Show podcast. So I'm sure the other guest will rectify that situation straight after the show. You're not allowed to rectify your own Wikipedia page, Nigel. No. Really? Even, the, even if you have omitted to say you are a... You don't. Absolutely not alone. So that's it. So it's just you then, you Andy, to, who has it on there. Just to be clear. drunk and then she does it. <laughs> so thank you, Andy, very much. Andy Connell, who's here. Uh, thank you very much for including that on your Wikipedia page. It's the least I could do. Rob Behrens, however... Has fa- he's making a note here. I'm assuming that is that note saying update Wikipedia page to include Man City Show podcast. It says guilty, Your Honour, as charged. Excellent. The first question, gentlemen, is how can we beat the mighty Barcelona one day and then draw at home to Middlesbrough just a few days later? Rob, help us out here, please. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine what would have happened if we'd beaten the mighty Middlesbrough and drawn against Barcelona? I mean, we got it the right way round, <laughs> and that is something to celebrate. You know, the very key game was against Barcelona and it was a thrilling victory of character. It was disappointing to draw against Middlesbrough, but what we saw was a team who were profligate with their chances and we've seen that for the last year. So this is not new. It's not because they played Barcelona a few games uh, a few days before, it's because basically they're not converting their chances and their conversion rate is one of the worst of, of the top half of the Premier League. So nothing to worry about, nothing to be sorry over. Let's move on. Well, well, let's not move on just yet. Let's go back to Barcelona first. And to be fair to you, Andy Connell, who mentions the Man City Show podcast on your Wikipedia page, <laughs> uh, t- 
to be fair to you, sitting in that very chair only a week or so ago, mm. were the one, was the one person who said, we'll beat Barcelona, and you was, ri- you was right. I, were, I was right, and it was very prescient. But I think if you looked at my, generally, at my predictions, you'll find that I always drunkenly say, oh, we'll be there. <laughs> so I wouldn't read too much into, you know, it's the stock clock theory, isn't it? You're going to be right twice a day. And <laughs> yeah. it was one of those. <laughs> but it was, a, as Rob said, it was a pretty good performance. So, okay, Barca, oh, Barca maybe missed some chances, but, but second half in particular, we, we were great, weren't we? I think, what, you know, one thing that I did say prior to that and, and wasn't necessarily wholeheartedly agreed with was that the Iniesta missing was a big thing and the defence being in a little bit of disarray gave us the you know but we took advantage of the chance you know and certainly the first 20 minutes or so wasn't uh, you know it didn't look good but then you got a second half I thought we were just phenomenal What do you enjoy most about the the Barca game Rob? Uh, I think uh, winning (laughs) Uh, I think De Bruyne's free kick which was out of this world I think Sterling's game craft Mm. when sometimes he gets into situations uh, with the ball in the penalty area and he doesn't know what to do with it and this time he knew exactly what to do with it Mm. and they scored a brilliant goal overall it was the character of the team to come back from a disappointing uh, opening but still I'm waiting to see City play brilliantly in two halves in one game Mm. and when they do that's going to be uh, uh, frightening and there was some trouble in the tunnel as well and we've been Rob and I have been sort of asked about this on on a previous um, show that we're both involved in uh, that that, uh, Mr Messi who I guess doesn't probably lose very often does he he's always trouble though isn't he I mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's the Joey Barton of um, Spanish football (laughs) But he, being serious, I mean, he, it, the press quite liked it, didn't they? A few people said that. Uh, I must admit, I, I kind of, I don't know what went on, whether or not anything went on, but I do like the idea that he he was rattled enough to be bothered because he does have that, he almost beatific thing where oh, I beat you again, and you know, for exactly. him to actually lose it a bit, exactly. I'd quite like it if it was based in some kind of truth. But a, a member of the Manchester City coaching staff, I believe, Rob is, is allegedly involved in calling him names and stuff. Which yeah, uh, it was handbags, and that goes on all the time, all over the country. Uh, and I think that uh, Justin Lee Collins needs to devote a whole series to the issue of bust ups in in, in tunnels, uh, <laughs> and then we can really focus on the issue. Yeah. But uh, it's you know it, it was an irrelevance given. Uh, the magnificence of the result. Mm. Um, that puts us in a reasonably good place, of course, because again, last week we talked about the fact that you know only get a draw and it puts pressure on. So we we go to the German team, as they're now called, which is brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> uh, they're actually making scarves with the German really? team on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's fantastic. Um, and then we got the the, the Scottish, the Scottish or, team, the Scottish team as right. well. So n- placed second behind Barca. You know, that, that win puts us in, a, in reasonably good shape for Europe. Health. All of a sudden it becomes very healthy. And that's the thing with these European games, isn't it? One, every game changes the map entirely. It's, it's crisis and then it's healthy and then it's crisis. I'm sure before the end of the group stage there'll be another crisis somewhere. But, you know, that, that more for that. So happy with, the, happy with Europe then, Rob? Ecstatic. I think at one point, uh, after 20 minutes, they were behind and uh, Mönchengladbach had scored against mm. Celtic and, and uh, people were saying, oh, well, that city, they're going to struggle to qualify. Well, of course, it's not over till the fat mm. lady sings and they have to go to Germany and play well. But uh, that's a good position to be in. 
Let, let's focus on on the crisis that is the Premier League then, because uh, we, we we sort of seem to sort of swing from it's everything's fantastic. We've got a new manager, best manager on the planet, playing some amazing football. You know, the first half mm. against West Ham, the first half against this lot, mm. and suddenly to not convert our chances and, and end up predictably you know, letting a late goal in to only draw against Middlesbrough. No, think, it's, it's not great, is it? With, you're with both the right. I on think show. That it is, it's about your conversion rate. And, you know, you can say that, but it's something you know that he's going to be, Guardiola's going to be looking at because that's, you can address that. There's something you can actually do about it. And I think with the Middlesbrough thing, it's, we're going to see an awful lot of that. And for me, if I can use a U2 metaphor, they had Adam Clayton. We definitely had the edge, but we couldn't find what we were looking for. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to play that game week in, week out against teams that come. You know, at, some, at one point I thought, I'm sure I heard the commentator say, City are having trouble breaking down the Middlesbrough back nine. You know, and that's what it was. <laughs> sure. But, but we, it was predictable. We know teams are going to do that, Rob, aren't they? They're going to come and they're going to... We had the beast, Negredo, yeah. sort of a lone figure, sort of in the only person, as, as you've rightly said, yeah. Andy. You know, nice to see him back. We like the beast. He gave Absolutely. him a good reception, which was good. Throw that in as well. Yeah. Well, I think there are two points. I think the first point is that the two people responsible for the biggest misses in the second half were the two best players this season, mm. Aguero and De Bruyne. De Bruyne so yeah. we can't criticise them for uh, occasionally missing something. But the second thing that I noticed was that as a team, uh, they were second to the ball too often in the second half and that when Middlesbrough upped their game, uh, City City couldn't up theirs. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a, as a result of uh, having played uh, such a passionate game several days before. And one of the issues for me is whether or not, you know, we are allowed to criticise Guardiola without being seditious, mm. and I'm, I'm his greatest supporter, but was the team sufficiently uh, changed and refreshed after mm. um, the great game against Barcelona? Um, and I, I just wonder about that. I, I certainly think there were, there were changes to be made there. I was, I was surprised to see the strength of the team, given that it was the team that had effectively played on Tuesday. But also, if there is another criticism, we don't want two in a row, but it felt, it felt like he was late making the substitutions, I thought, yeah. because you could see them tire. And, and like you say, be second to things. And whether or not we blame it on the midweek European games, you don't want to use that as an excuse. But it's certainly there was fatigue there. And I, as Middlesbrough got stronger, we, you know, we needed fresh legs and we needed something to scare I, I saw, a, well, not a statistic really, but a fact that somebody pointed out, um, which was around the fact that Chelsea and Spurs and Arsenal, who played in Europe, mm. um, drew. And Chelsea and Liverpool, who didn't play in Europe, mm. won very, very handsomely. So th- this issue about playing in Europe, that presumably was a factor, you could argue. And, and, I sh- think and it is. Be. I'm hesitant to use, to use that too much, but I certainly think it is. Like you say, Chelsea and Liverpool, very strong at the weekend. You know, who won, the, who won it last season? The team that only played in one competition, effectively. Yeah. And, you know, you, you're starting to see an, a built-in now advantage to teams who don't participate in multiple competitions and you know maybe that's some levels the playing field a bit but certainly we're still you know we're still in there let me throw one other thing on the table as well and we've talked about sort of not converting chances and and, and I accept your point Rob about Aguero and De Bruyne um, with all that possession and they as you say squandered the worst the, the easiest chances maybe but what about the fact that we can't keep a clean sheet you know that 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 has to be a concern as well surely 
Well, it is a concern, and it's it's a reflection that the defence has weaknesses which uh, Guardiola hasn't yet addressed, and uh, you can't change that overnight. And what I like is that he he is he takes risks the whole time, and he he has the view that uh, if you have possession, you're more likely to score, and he wants to go forward. And I would rather see that than see a Mourinho-type approach, which uh, wants to protect absolutely everything once uh, you get in the lead. And I don't think that's an exciting way to play football. Mm. So, it, you know, we will have to invest in the defence, um, but he hasn't been able to do that yet. All right, well, well, we'll be back straight after this short break. Andy, welcome back. What's your thoughts then about this leaky defence of ours? It's got to be a concern, surely. Uh, it is a concern, and I think it comes from... I like the idea that he's trying diff- trying to solve it with the resources that he's got in different ways. Kolarov in the middle, I'm not sold on that one necessarily. I love Kolarov, but I mostly like Kolarov when he's kind of being a wing-back and putting that ball in, the, you know, the devastating ball. I don't... I get a bit scared when Kolarov's in the middle there, but... Um, I don't really, you know, the fullbacks he needs to address. I suppose that's the that's the glaring thing now. And you know, Bellerin, I don't know, is he an improvement? He, he's good, but he seems to be good going forward again. And we, you know, we've got the going forward thing. Almost seems like we need some old, you know, Terry Cooper. We need. <laughs> he's a bit old now, I think, isn't he? Probably not. Yeah, it, uh, Glyn Pardo. Glyn we've, Pardo. We've I, mentioned Glyn Pardo. Two weeks running. Glyn Pardo's had a mention. You fancy Glyn Pardo? Oh, he, he was a wonderful player, but. Um, let us not forget that one of the stars of last week was Pablo Zabaleta playing against mm. Barcelona. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. And, mm. you know, people were writing him off, saying he was too old, he'd lost his form. Well, you know, he's back with an absolute vengeance, mm. and that's, that's very encouraging. Oh, it is, but I think, you know, there's only, in terms of legs, you do need some of cover there. And it's, uh... I, I hesitate bef- before saying this, but I'm, I'm going to say it, and I've avoided saying it so far this season. But is it not fair to say that Claudio Bravo doesn't fill you with the same confidence that Joe Hart does between those sticks? And he doesn't have that commanding presence that we used to enjoy with Joe Hart. Is, is this now 10-11 games in, in the league? Is this now a factor? Are he we hasn't starting established to get a bit himself. He's not, he's not hit the ground running and established himself as a solid thing. And I think maybe that's hard to do as a keeper because you've, you've basically got to win the confidence of your defenders first. Mm. And I'm not sure we've had a stable enough... You know, we've not had the same faces in the same positions a lot. So there's always that grey area. But Is it, is it a factor, Rob, do you well, think? Well, I think uh, I, I want to slightly dodge that by responding by saying if you looked at Ter Stegen playing yesterday, mm. uh, he had a dodgy game for Barcelona. And I think that's what goalkeepers uh, have. But what, what was encouraging to me was against Barcelona, Pep changed the tactics and the balls did not uh, have to come all the way through with mm. close uh, passing. The, the Bravo was encouraged to kick the ball long and I think that put uh, Barcelona under pressure. So what that means is that uh, uh, Pep is flexible about his tactics. But, you know, if you come down to the question that you asked... Uh, it's taking time for for Bravo to to uh, justify uh, replacing Hart, and that's not to say he won't. 
At the, at the risk of being simplistic, it crossed my mind when that inevitable goal went in that maybe Joe would have saved that. And I know you can't go down that road and no. oh, Joe would have done this and Joe would have done that. Mm. But that, that, it was near enough to him that a, a, it felt like a reflex save would have got... I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I agree with you. I think Clichy, who didn't get off the ground yeah. at all and arguably you know, played 90 minutes against Barca, 90 minutes against Middlesbrough, was probably knackered. But at the same time, I, it was a power header, it was almost power point, header. point blank. I'm well, not yeah. sure Can if many keepers would have just, saved it. No, I'm probably, I know what you're saying. But don't forget that uh, Bravo made a wonderful save against Barcelona. Did, yeah. uh, I think when we were two one up, and you know it would have looked very different if he, mm. if, if that had gone in. So from J- Joe Hart and Claudio Bravo, or Juliet Bravo, as someone referred to him the other day, uh, can we move to the most amazing man who I think around this table we all love? who scored his 150th goal for Manchester City after, just to remind ourselves, only 223 matches. Mm. And remember, he's missed, I think, sorry, being stato today, 46 Premier League games through injury and suspension as well. So imagine how many he would have scored if he'd been fit all that way through. But he is a very, very special talent. And we've got a few more grey hairs around the table here than maybe we would like. So we've seen some decent players, including Glimpardo. But we've also seen some amazing strikers as well at the club yeah, and, yeah. And, and where does this guy rate you've well, seen I've, a few yeah certainly have but I think I think he rates the way you can tell where he rates is that I th- an, an awful lot of us I think in the seasons he's been there and that certainly the first couple of se- we felt like we didn't deserve him and that's always a measure of you know that's the quality of, of the man to me it's like we were like oh you know I hope he stays because we really don't deserve a player <laughs> of that quality and I think we're starting to deserve him now you know and we have over the last year or two and uh, but he's that kind of a player. You, you you just think you're lucky every time you're in the ground when he's there. It's uh, you're fortunate to be there. So you know, long may it prosper. Is he your kind of number one striker? Well, I'm just just uh, thinking about who I've seen. You know, uh, Peter McParland, um, <laughs> Joe Hayes, uh, Francis Lee. Francis Lee is up there. Did you yeah. see Joe Hayes? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, and he was a wonderful player. Played in the 1956 Cup final. I wasn't there for that. Too young. But, you know, they've had some excellent uh, strikers. I think Aguero is the best that they've had. In addition to uh, the games that he's missed, he's also missed a lot of penalties. He would have scored uh, at least four more this season. Uh, if, if and, and more last season. So, <clears throat> he's phenomenal. And I think Pep said, we can't achieve what we want to achieve without him, which is very encouraging. Mm. And uh, we should glory in in his weekly displays and hope he doesn't get injured. Is there anything, again, I'm thinking of press speculation, and Pep said some interesting things about how he can get more out of Aguero. I've heard other people saying he's not the hardest trainer in the world, and Pep Pep likes people being yeah. hardworking people in, on the training ground. I mean, certainly, anything I he did going a great on? job in, 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 t- in terms of strategy and tactics and all the rest of it in the Barcelona game you know, the closing down thing and the running he was prepared to do at the front you know to stop them from building the play it was phenomenal but the, the only thing and it crosses my mind I'm all for that I'm all for him make, having a more complete game and doing the rest of it I don't love the idea that um, he you know his average was 7 point something kilometres and now in the last few games he's been 10 kilometres I, I don't love you know if he's, a, if he's the thoroughbred striker that he is I don't necessarily want to see him coming back and helping out and covering because that's more injuries you know going down that road 
we need to we need just to just stick up the top there and stick it in the exactly, net when it comes yeah. your way like he did to on that cross from De Bruyne yeah, no, just met it perfectly be energetic and then get cover the ground but you don't have to not everybody has to just run for the sake of it so um you know, stand there. Yes, go and goal hang and be glorious. <laughs> that, that's why Pep's a revolutionary. Because if you remember, you're probably too young. But Dennis Thank Law, <laughs> Dennis yeah. Law was an exquisite striker, and he was not somebody who who tracked back to get the ball. No one said anything about that yeah. uh, 30 years ago. But the game has moved on in part because of what Pep's done, mm. and he wants his team to be pressing. That's the new golden word and he, he won't exclude anybody mm. and I think it's great that Pep can have the confidence to say to a great player I can make you better yeah. and that's what he did to Messi as well mm. well when you look at the list and, and talking about I think a couple of these you won't have seen play Rob I think Billy, Billy Meredith possibly was just slightly <laughs> before your time um, but he played 395 games and has scored, 100, scored 151 so uh, Kun has got a short way to go to beat him yeah. and, and, and two or three are quite close together There's Joe Hayes who I haven't realised you'd seen play is fourth with 152 goals but he took 364 games yeah. then a player we all saw and we all love the amazing Colin Bell 153 yeah. but again in 501 games but to be fair he wasn't a, an out and out striker yeah, of course say, I'm surprised he, Colin got that many yeah, but he played a lot of games 501 right. games right. Um, and then the top two of course Tommy Johnson 166 um, and then finally the, the great late Eric Brook between 1929-1940. So I suspect you just missed him, didn't you, Rob? Um, he scored 178 games, so again in, in almost 500 games. So it's, it's, it's his yeah. ratio, isn't it? That's so yeah. impressive as well. It's, yeah. it's done in such a short space of time. What, what I like is uh, uh, you look at De Bruyne, and you can easily now compare him to Colin Bell. I did at the start immediately. You look, you think, who? Where have I seen him before? It's him. What makes it? Because I agree with you, and I've been I've been criticised for this in, in a number of places, and, and I said exactly the same thing. So, so just expand on that because yeah. help, help everybody understand those that maybe didn't see the great Colin Bell play. Well, Colin Bell's nickname uh, from Malcolm Allison was Nijinsky, yeah. and that was not the ballerina; it was the horse, and he had lung power, mm. uh, which was incomparable to any other player. And I think that De Bruyne is in that category. I mean, he, his ability to run and run, his ability to make uh, strategic, incisive passes, and his ability to score makes him very unusual in, in uh, contemporary football. And he can do it under pressure. Mm. He's done it now... Uh, consistently in Champions League games so it's not about I mean, people used to say well we only see him in, in, in the minor games that's not the case uh, now and, and he is one of Europe's best players so I think uh, he, he's in the same category as Colin Bell mm. You'd agree Andy? Absolutely he's, he's, like you say he's, he's, a, he's a different player and I think we were talking about this last week for me when he's on the field other players become better versions of themselves mm. because they start to see or he, they know he will see the opening if they go there you know when you've got a player like that I, I think we've had players like that Bishop you know and various players who you, you had to keep up with what they were thinking you had mm. to go to where the ball would be not, not wait for the pass you know and I think that's, the, that's what he gives you is, is the, if, you, if you're in space he'll know you, the pass to give you 
I was looking at the, some of the stats, and you, we shouldn't get overly drawn into that, but the pass rate between Silva and De Bruyne this year has been that yeah. they are the two players who pass most to each other, and they are the two most creative players in the team. So, you know, that augurs very well. Another amazing player that we haven't mentioned for a few weeks is a gentleman by the name of Yaya Toure, <laughs> who uh, has apologised. Um, so, very simple question. Should he be played? Should Pep be... Uh, Dimitri hasn't apologised, has he? Well, that's, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Yaya has, but mm. his, uh, Dimitri Selek, you're referring to his agent, has yeah. not apologised. And that means he shouldn't play then. We should keep the, uh, the ban on Yaya. I think you, if you look at the game, the Middlesbrough game, at half-time, if you'd have had the, op- the option to just bring Yaya and play the game that, you know, that he can orchestrate, it was quite a slow game, they were a slow team, he'd have had a field day. He could have just you know, sprayed it around... And we maybe would maybe would, the result wouldn't have been different, but I think you could he can take the weight off some of the other players, like we're saying, and need a rest down again. And it, not sure how, if you're answering my question. To be fair, so, so the question really should, should, should we now? He's apologised. Should Pep now be considering him for selection and actually picking him in on the bench? Games like that coming on, changing the game. That was a perfect situation. No, where you know, honestly, could, being in a band, or it's you can't let somebody get the upper hand with you. And I think if he plays, then the agent wins until the agent has so it's a clear no from you it is a no but it's a, it's a heart I'm heartbroken that it's a no sure but I wish because I for, for, for him to go yeah. with all that he's done for the team exactly. and all that he's won the, for the years to, and the exactly that, for it to all finish on a on a on a sound note will be very I'd very him, I'd love to see him in a couple of weeks but I, I think this is slightly more complicated now because someone at City posted a tweet criticising uh, the agent in a way which was uh, unacceptable. And City will have to apologise to the agent <laughs> in some way. What, and, before he apologises? You know, that will complicate the relationship between the agent and the club, or further complicate. Now, as I understand it, uh, Yaya has gone a long way to apologise on behalf of himself and those who represent him. And as far as I'm concerned, and I think listening to Pep that he accepts this too, that that means that he's back in the fold. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I would expect him to play uh, in the next couple of weeks. It was very disappointing that he didn't come on against Middlesbrough. Um, but uh, they should be playing him now. He, he, he's been out. He, he's been big enough to apologise. And, you know, Selok is, is an uncontrollable missile that we mm. can't wait for him to apologise. He's never going to do it. So the fact that Selok hasn't apologised, you think that's irrelevant? The fact Yaya has, that, gives, that opens the door, you think? I think so. Okay. All right. Think? Well, I, th- I think you're probably right. Uh, and if I was asked the question, I would probably say, yeah, I think it's, you know, Selik is not going to apologise. We know that. I think Yaya still has a role to play. And, and, and to go on from what Andy said also, I'd be really upset as a City fan, knowing all he's done for the team, those surging runs, the important goals he scored in those, in the FA Cup win, in the, in the winning the league. I think for him twice. to go, to, exactly, twice, you know, for him to go with a sort of a sour taste in the mouth will be very disappointing. I'd yeah. want him, want him back playing a few more games having an input scoring a few more goals um and and remembering the great yaya i think mm. it's and we uh, don't want to let him go to another premier league club absolutely. because sure as eggs is eggs he'll come back to haunt us mm. um can we uh, can we just talk about the sort of the broader sort of premier league for a second and and, and is this now a, a five horse race 
you know, have we got a situation where the City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool and Spurs and those five now are kind of vying? Could it be any one of those five or do you think there's a particular favourite who's, uh, who's... I'd say it was any one of the first four you mentioned. I don't think, I don't think Spurs will be there at the end. And I don't, I base that on absolutely nothing. It's just, uh, it's my usual drunken optimism, I suppose. But the fact they haven't won in seven games probably doesn't help their cause at the moment. It's relegation form at the moment. I said to one of my Spurs mates the other day, which he didn't like very much, Mm. we haven't lost. (laughs) Well, you're not not scoring, you're not winning either. Yeah. No, I think Liverpool and Chelsea look very strong and they don't have Europe. Uh, So I think they're certainly there. Okay, Rob, you got any thoughts on the yeah, sort of the, would, the leaders? I would, I would respectfully suggest it's not five but six. Who would you I add think, into that I pot? Think United are still in with a shout. And you want to come back on this show? <laughs> um, and I think that once Kane gets back, then Tottenham look a different proposition, and I wouldn't exclude them from uh, making a New Year dash, but. The teams to fear for me at the moment are Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, we're going to play Chelsea quite soon, so it'd be uh, a very important game. And of course, we play Liverpool on New Year's Eve yeah. uh, away, which is which is is going to be an important game. But you know, Liverpool. The great thing about them is that, however thrilling they are going forward, their defence is dodgy when they're under pressure, and even dodgier than ours, I would say. <laughs> So if you had to sort of, uh, I know you're a big predictor, I know you love it when I sort of ask you to put your, your money where your mouth is. If you had to kind of predict a, a Premier League champions now, after just 10 or 11 games, who, who, would, you, who would you pump for? I, I, what I would want to say, Nigel, in response to your question is, I'm glad that we're in the mix uh, this side of Christmas, and I hope that we will continue to be in the mix uh, as we go through the new year and into Easter. Um, and if we are, then it's everything to play for. You called the Barcelona game perfectly you last see, this week. This is you where see. my ongoing logic breaks down because I'm going to call it and say we'll win again. Because uh, I do think we will. <laughs> so you Look, can see there the is no basis for any of it. The difference with my two guests, you know, Rob, who never answers a question ever about <laughs> predicting anything, and you, my friend, no, just I, are quite I, I happy to say City, th- City will win it. I think we've got. On our day, and there's certainly been some very strong performances from all of those teams, but I think on our day, if we do it enough times, consistently enough, I think we have a different way of playing than anyone else. And I think we're going to get stronger, aren't we? As, as, as the season progresses, I think that's the issue that our, the second half of the season, undoubtedly, we've got uh, Gabriel Hezus to come in, of course. Well, who else knows who we're going to buy in the transfer window? The one and for me now is Delph. Who had for, you know, it sounds terrible, but I'd forgotten. Yeah, no, I think he's, he's, you know. he's in the reckoning now. Is he, is he fit again or he's very close to returning? He's making noises suggesting yeah. that he wants to be yeah. considered again. Yeah, yeah. So. And they're also after Griezmann, if you, uh, uh-huh. if you believe the rumours in, yeah. in the newspapers. But uh, this, this Brazilian who's coming, I mean, he is so exciting. Mm. And if he could, if he's fit and if he could hit the ground running, then that will take some of the pressure off Aguero. I mean, having two Jesuses in the team would be great, wouldn't it? Well, well actually, speaking of... I, I thought Navas is from life, hasn't Ooh, he? Last couple of games, he's yeah. looked all right, hasn't he? I mean, he's found a final yeah. ball into the box. Oh, he has. He, yeah, I, I, thought, I agree with you. If he could use his left foot now and again, you know, occasionally and again. No, but he's, I think he's, he's, he's looked much improved. I he agree. He played particularly well against West Brom. Um, and also, he gave Aguero the ball against Middlesbrough just to the point when you say, ah, oh, Navas doesn't have a final pass. And yeah. he did. Absolutely. 
Well, our next game, the international break, of course, um, next week, as, as we all, or the end of this week, and then we have to wait until a week on Saturday before we go to the Mighty Pallets, who are just one point above the relegation zone at the mm. moment, but not an easy place to go to. Um, any thoughts on, on that then, as we sort of, uh, before we close? No, well? not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those, honestly, Pallets are one of those teams. They, they've got some very good players, but. I don't honestly think we shouldn't be having tr- you know we shouldn't have been having trouble with Middlesbrough so Indeed. and we didn't really you just if you convert the chance we will have chances against Palace and if we score them it should be straightforward straightforward against Palace Rob I know big prediction coming up here from Rob Behrens I can see it on his face look the key thing is to get the international break over without our players being injured mm. and uh, you can't rely on that so that is very important it's also interesting to me that Sane has not yet uh, played a major part in anything. He had a poor game against West Brom. Uh, but I hope that he will be used uh, maybe in the Palace game and, uh, and subsequently. Uh, the crowd at Palace is always, always makes it difficult uh, for, for mm. away teams. But on the basis of player against player, then City should have a very good chance of winning. Good. Well, huge thanks to my two Mancunian guests, uh, to Andy Connell and to Rob Barron, CTID. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.